yeah, we don't normally cover a lot of what what Trump does. Uh, but yeah, I, I figure that you know, in in an effort to be non revisionist, uh, we could just fall in line with American policy now and describe some things that we think would be good uh, and we would be able to solve uh, with walls and uh, executive orders. Uh, principally, I really like the idea of, de- de- of declaring a national emergency when a couple of days before you said, we don't have to do this right now, but the way we're going to do it, we'll get it done faster. Because that's <laughs> the def- plan the national emergency. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the definition of like not emergency. <laughs> and it's also like the way like Julius Caesar and like even like cartoon villains seize power. It was the way Palpatine <laughs> seized power in the fucking Star Wars. So like I, it's a really hey, great. Our, our, our friend, our friend, the chancellor of Germany back in the day, he declared national emergency to gain full power. Good old Adolf move that Trump pulled there. Yeah. Just make make up an emergency. Well, I guess Trump didn't have some like. Um, person who should just like get mental health help, like do a murder. Um, weak sauce, weak sauce. President but Trump. I thought, I thought in that effort, uh, we could since th- since we're allowed to do this now. They bitched about Obama doing this to take all the guns away, but we're actually going to do this to build a wall. <laughs> I figured we could uh, just, yeah. I, I figured at this point now, I just roll out the Obama initiatives that we had. You know, take all guns away. Anyone who's ever voted Republican or like wears a MAGA hat has to have at least three like immigrants or homeless or lazy people like in their home at all times. Uh, they'll be re- required. Adam, they already have lazy people <clears throat> in their home. It's them. I know, but we're going to increase that number. And also, I think I think that again, like just I I really think that since we can do this now, we should really just follow the classic things they say about communism. And I think I, I, all those people, they're now required to share toothbrushes um, with the people who live in their homes. Um, <clears throat> we Cars, now, someone has to operate the pedals and someone else has to operate the wheel. We'll actually bifurcate that system. When Bernie in his 2016 run came out and he said, toothbrushes, why do we have so many of them? Why do we have 20 brands of toothbrush? We need one brand. One brand for five Americans. So everyone, you go to your local blocks toothbrushing stations and use the neighborhood toothbrush. <laughs> There's toothbrush lines. They've, they've gone beyond bread lines. But also, uh. I, I, in my opinion, like, again, I think we've kind of touched on some of this already, but like walls are really great examples of like things that, you know, work. And so like, you know, building um, a, you know, several hundred mile long wall along the southern border of the United States, which was like a technological marvel on par with going to the fucking moon or Mars or some shit. And also will require like massive mining operations to like get the steel, but whatever, forget all that. I think if we can just get walls and build walls, we can solve a lot of problems. I'm thinking number one, homelessness. If they realize that they can put four walls in a circle, they can build Jimmy houses. Carter. He was the the wall buildingest president there there ever was. He's still building walls. <laughs> He's walking around with Habitat for Humanity slanging walls. Yeah, I think I mean walls are a really good defense against the bum rush in the Dark Age and Age of Empires too. So like all walls are objectively helpful, right? Like we've all done it, you know. It's a thing. 
Yeah, oh, and, and plus, that was and, good. And, <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I agree because similarly in Civ, it is important to get the walls even if you don't need them because they give a tourism boost late game, which is important if you're trying to get a, a culture victory. <clears throat> See? Okay, so here's the real reason we need to build the wall. Um, back during industrialization in Europe, whenever cities needed building material, they just tore down their city walls and they got to, so you just got to store all that building material on, you know, it's, it's, think of it that way. And it's a good idea, right? It's good. I, I, I talk about tearing down little class homes in order to build the wall. No, we build them now and then we have it for later. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I Parker, I, I, I know that we stopped watching the walking dead. Um, but, I also like the idea that they're like doing the same thing, like stockpiling building supplies, except oh, yeah. for people for the apocalypse. And it's just like, yeah, go get your part of the wall. You just have to go get your part of the wall and then take it to whatever your compound is. And then you that have like a compound. Description, just like not a joke description of what they're trying to do on the southern border, though. It's like, well, you gotta, hmm, hmm, a lot of people are going to have to move soon. Hmm. Hmm. Well, in a way to feasibly pay for this wall, um, our resident Zodiac killer has suggested um, a piece of legislation he wrote called Ensuring Lawful Collection of Hidden Assets to Provide Order Act, a.k.a. the El Chapo Act. Uh, <laughs> and okay, he, Ted Cruz has officially become cool. He, he finally did it. He finally did it. I take it all back. With El Chapo being convicted on Tuesday of uh, ten, I don't even, I don't even know what he was convicted of. Uh, basically, it just, crimes. Just ten different, <laughs> many, many crimes. Guilty of ten counts, um, including and engaging in continual criminal enterprise on Tuesday. Um, basically, Cruz is like, he's got a fourteen billion dollar drug profit compound that we can throw towards this wall, and all of these lawyers are like, ah, it's not how this works, Teddy boy. No, but you see what I mean? You see what I mean? We would just take the walls from Chapo's compound, and we would yes, see yeah, it exactly. stored. It's what if storage. they take uh, Chapo's zoo and his tigers and use them to patrol the border? <laughs> oh, now that's an interesting Tiger idea cats. in the macro, because, like, what if you instead, you just, like, that that's a way to end the war on drugs, is you just turn uh, Border Patrol over to the cartel. It's just like, yeah, you guys run it now. You guys decide who gets into America. You guys can't come into America, but like you get to decide who comes into America. How's that for a compromise? They would say yes in a heartbeat. They would just dress up all of these drugs in a bunch of like suits and fucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this guy's great. <laughs> Send him through. Uh, Bo Bobby Turtle needs to come do some business in the U.S. Then you have some relatives on the other side with the with the signs waiting at the airport, like, where are you? <laughs> but it's just cocaine. It just the sign just says cocaine, and it's just an arrow pointing <laughs> to the left. It's, like... <laughs> it's the word cocaine crossed out with like Caroline or something written. <laughs> You're too obvious, man. Come on. It's not, no, it's cocaine. It's not even cocaine. God, you've been like, watching too much Narcos. Number one, Narcos, best TV show. Uh, not enough, not enough, not tough. enough boobies, not enough ass. What? <laughs> just a bunch of cocaine with wigs on. Watch porn. Like, what do you need? What I'm not you... you recording this podcast right now, Adam. I don't just watch porn. Listen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Many months has come and gone since I wandered from my home. 
In those Oklahoma hills where I was born Many a page of life has turned Many a lesson I have learned Well, I feel like in those hills I still belong Way down yonder in the Indian nation Ride my pony on the reservation In those Oklahoma hills where I was born Now way down yonder in the Indian nation The cowboy's life is my occupation In those Oklahoma hills where I was born I'm Adam Burnett and this week we've got Carl Roberts, Parker Nelson and Stephen Lassman on the show And this is Red Star Over Oklahoma We are some political and news podcast broadcasting about left Oklahoma. Uh, this week we're going to be discussing uh, a, a little bit of what uh, Representative Ilhan Omar had to say. The assassination uh, of Ilhan Omar by the coward Chelsea Clinton. That's that's what we're calling it. <laughs> okay, there's the title of that first national story. The second national story uh, Lassie, do you need to yell a, a title at me? Or, or you, I can intro it. I mean, just fuck Amazon. They're uh, got, getting kicked out of New York. <laughs> and then in Oklahoma news, we're going to discuss a uh, resolution uh, that's going to have some changes to Medicaid that are going to, in fact, uh, basically just marginalize the communities and has, you know, very little effect on, you know, uh, anything to do with uh, thinking or, you know, normalcy uh, before uh, Parker tells us a little bit about another Oklahoma story. And, of course, a conservative reading list for the week. Uh, so I will let uh, Mr. Roberts just jump right in with his yelling. But I get to preface it and say that I can not support Israel and still not be an anti-Semite because I don't condone, like, genocide and bad stuff. Too. You know, war crimes? Yeah, it's really weird how you can do that. Um, hmm. Yeah, I can also but- support, like, I can even support the idea of, like, uh, uh, like religious ethno state as well, without also supporting war crimes. <laughs> Maybe we just shouldn't even support religious ethno states. I, 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 hmm. I yeah, hmm. maybe. But I don't want to talk about that today. The, the the reason the reason this is all in the news is because back on Monday, I I, I remember watching this happen live because I, my brain is made of cheese from looking at Twitter for too long. Um. Ilhan Omar was tweeting some like pretty good stuff. She has a pretty good social media presence. Shout out to young people in Congress actually knowing what social media is. And somebody, she had said something about how like the Israel lobby has like a, a ton of influence on U.S. foreign policy, which is number one, an objective truth. And she tweeted like as song lyrics, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. And then someone was like, how do they do this? How do they make this happen? And she just tweeted out APAC with an exclamation mark. And then immediately everybody was like, holy shit, this is super anti-Semitic. This is like really inappropriate. This is so offensive, blah, 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 blah. Um, including a variety of people, Chelsea Clinton, probably the most prominent among them, who then proceeded and, 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 on, on, a, on a tangent, proceeded to name search herself, find out that Adam Friedland of Town <laughs> fame had not added her and said, Chelsea Clinton, you're not even Jewish and ugly. You're just ugly, unlike me, or something to that effect. And then Adam Friedland, a, a Jewish person, got 
<laughs> called anti-Semitic in a Jerusalem Post oh, was article. That that? Was that about that like, uh, oh yeah, ugly Jewish tropes? Like, yeah, yeah, they, they were yeah. like ugly Jewish tropes. Stavros from Cometown did point out that Adam Friedland just looks like Nazi propaganda, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Like, it's kind of funny. Be- before we um, get too much further, but- I just, I just, I just want to <laughs> bump in and say that. Uh, APAC stands for the American Israeli Public Affairs Committee, and it's they are not a PAC. That's important. It's not. It's not a political action committee. So it's not an organization that expressly spends money for political reasons. That is important. a lobbying group because yes. everybody says that. Except whenever I was like, because I was like, I remembered watching this happen like live on on Twitter. I remembered. I was like, APAC. It ends in PAC, but I don't think it's like a PAC, right? And so I googled it. And I was trying to get to the About Us page of the website of APAC so that I could figure out what was going on. And the first thing I saw on their fucking website was an ad that was like, join APAC's Congressional Club or some shit. And it said, if you donate $2,500 to $5,000 to APAC and $2,500 to $5,000 to a candidate APAC has approved, you will get to be a member of our Congressional Club, which is exactly the thing Ilhan Omar was saying APAC does, like, very openly. <laughs> and it was like, that's the thing on the website. And then later in the week, Ilhan Omar, rather, APAC proceeded to send out an email saying, hey, look, anti-Semitism is on the rise. This uh, congresswoman who's, like, criticizing us is being an anti-Semite. And then at the end was like, please donate money to APAC so we can continue to advance the interests of Israel. Because when you read there about us, it says explicitly that they are a pro-Israel lobbying group. And so it's just like... It's funny that the one, (laughs) the country that it's anti-Semitic to criticize also spends billions of dollars, uh, you know, donating to politicians on both sides of the aisle. Funny that that's like... The one place, no, you can't say anything bad about them. <laughs> yeah, and, and Ilhan Omar did some, like, backtracking. I don't think she needed to do where she was like, oh, Chelsea Clinton, I'm happy to have this conversation with you about anti-Semitism, which is weird because Chelsea Clinton has never had a job, is not a politician, and is is not, she's just a white person. She's just white. Like, she's just a rich white lady. Like, she has no relation to this, and yet was like, oh, we need to do this. She even said that openly on Twitter. She was like, as a white woman, my experience is different, and we need to fight anti semitism And it's like, shut the fuck up. She said, as an American, which was, like, a pretty bad look. Yeah, also, like, why, why did you make that specific reference when you're talking to the first person to ever wear a headscarf in Congress? I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, maybe in general, why is that a thing? And, and also, like, part of the thing, too, with Ilhan is that, like, Ilhan has a refugee background. Does that maybe relate to how she, and, you know, is Muslim, does that maybe relate to how she feels about Israel-Palestine? The fact that she has maybe lived through some similar things to, like, Well, this also follows hmm. the classic thing that has happened, like, you know, time and time again, where the Democrats criticize someone, then all the Republicans pile on, making the Democrats look terrible, <laughs> because the Republicans go way further and be like, that's right, and, you know, start getting racist with it. It's very, it's very interesting, I think, and this is like, a lot of things, like, left-wing Jewish Americans have said about this, is like, man, it really is not a good look for us if we want to combat anti-Semitism to all of a sudden have everyone in politics and the media immediately condemn this person for supposedly... That really is helping with, you know, dangerous stereotypes about Jewish people. That's that's really advancing the cause of fighting anti-Semitism, that that happened. 
Um, well, yeah, not to mention anyone calling this anti-Semitic is not actually Jewish or is like completely disingenuous. Well, yeah, and the people the people who are calling it anti-Semitic are like the same people who like try to take photos with Viktor Orban, who literally works with neo-Nazis. <laughs> you know, like openly and expressly works with neo-Nazis uh, in Hungary. And on top of that, like there was, I because the the backdrop to this, and I think an important thing that. I haven't seen anybody talk about what probably happened with specifically Republican political operatives is that immediately when this happened, all of them started calling for her to lose her seat on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. All of the Republicans. That was the only group of people doing that, just like Republican political operatives. And then on Wednesday, in her role on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, Ilhan got to ask questions to Elliot Abrams, who I don't know... If I assume if you listen to us, you also listen to Chapo, and you probably heard the Elliot Abrams episode they just did, which was, like, describing shit that, like, okay, U.S. foreign policy in South America has always been this dark, evil thing. But some of the shit they described was genuinely, like, that that's, like, some of the worst war crimes that happen in, in the 20th century. Like, that's a <laughs> that's a high bar. That is Pretty not, high bar. Not, a, not easy. Um, but, like cutting the hand off a baby and nailing it onto the back of the baby's head to stage like a last supper scene of people you've genocided is like impressively evil. And that was the shit Elliot Abrams was doing when he was in the Reagan white house involved in American foreign affairs. And so she started off by saying, I don't understand why her questioning of him saying, I don't understand why we should trust you. You literally got convicted of lying to Congress in the past about Iran-Contra when you were funneling money to genocide death squads. And I don't think yeah, we should she, trust you. She made a very valid point, which is why are we ever allowing you anywhere near the levers <laughs> of power ever again for the rest of your life after shit like this went down under your watch? Yeah, and she, and she really fucking grilled him. And the reason specifically, and this was this had to have been some coordinated thing from Republican political operatives, is because Elliot Abrams is a, a Jewish person. And so everyone was saying, oh, look at her being super anti-Semitic about Elliot Abrams. That's why she's going ha after him so hard. And they do all of this in super bad faith. But it was something that Republicans... I didn't see him go as hard uh, for the the Abrams stuff. I didn't yeah, see that, that was... Uh, that was, that that was mostly thing, just that a couple like, of like shithead Republicans. It didn't seem like there was as much of like the initial backlash that they had over the APAC comments. Yeah, and and that I mean that, but that was part of the thing. Like they saw a chance to try and keep Ilhan Omar from just asking Elliot Abrams, "Do you still think like the genocide that happened under your uh, watch in this situation was, as he described it, a fabulous success or whatever the fuck yeah, the yeah. exact words are?" And, and that was the thing, is that, like, they, they do this shit in bad faith, and they're going to keep doing it in bad faith, and we should oppose anti-Semitic stuff. Like, that's important. But an important part of that, too, is also just being able to be honest about how, like, our politics functions. And, you know, it's not really anti-Semitic to say that uh, there's a lobby for the state of Israel in the U.S. that has serious political power well, and, and that spends Israel a bunch of money country not a people's it is like it it's not anti-semitic to criticize a country it's anti-semitic to criticize or to like go after a people which israel is not it's a country that has actions that can be criticized <clears throat> yeah and, and no one no one would say it's like anti i don't know like no you don't apply that with other countries that are like pretty ethnically homogenous it's the one country that you apply 
that people apply that standard to where they're like, well, it's racist towards this group of people if you go after this country. Whereas, like, I don't know if you shit on German-Americans, nobody's like, yeah, that's an anti-German thing to you, of you to do or some shit because it's just fucking stupid. It's not. Yeah. Like, and on top of that, that identification of, like, the state of Israel with all Jewish people is one of those things where it's like, no, you you should be you should be able to be Jewish and American. You shouldn't you shouldn't have to have this. If you want to have that connection to that country, fine. Who cares? That's good. You can do that if you want to. But there shouldn't be this forced thing where those two things are the same. You know, you don't right. do that with other ethnic groups in America. No one does does that with other ethnic groups in America for a reason because it's ridiculous. There, um, you're an American. If you're an American citizen, you're an American. That's fine. Right. It's it's an active sort of association and not <clears throat> one that should be predicated. Granted, not to like downplay, you know. The amount of persecution and whatnot, like we were just talking about the nationalism things, but I mean, it, in and of itself, it seems to be inextricably tied, you know, what I mean, to that kind of connotation. So, yeah, of course, and it's like it's still problematic, and like in general, like national identity is something that's like kind of questionable and so on. But it's right. this specific thing where it's like, no, the 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 state of Israel and Jewish people are one and the same. It's just like, no, they're not. Like there are like a shit ton of American Jewish people that are not particularly interested in becoming Israelis or being Israelis or like voting on Israel as an issue or something like it's just, it's just not a thing yeah. that exists. And so it is in a certain way, like kind of anti-Semitic to say, no, these two things are the same instead of just being like, no, like you get to identify how you want. You get to, it depends on how you behave and who you are and so on. If that is the case that you are the same as that. Because you, well, there's also the, the weird, uh, outpouring of support from evangelical Christians who are, like, trying to bring Super. upon a holy war between <laughs> Jews and Muslims. And they're like, yeah, we love Israel. We can't wait for end times. Yeah, we can't wait for all of them to die in the apocalypse and go to hell. Like, literally yeah. what they think. And no one calls them anti-Semitic for that shit. And it's like, that's darkly more anti-Semitic than literally describing what, like, a dude who works for APAC explicitly said APAC does. What Apex about us explicitly says it does on their fucking website. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's it's horseshit. Like they will come. The, these people, and I think in general, the the thing that happened with Ilhan is like indicative of something that actually like Bernie, AOC, and also Ilhan. They all do very well. They just don't argue on these people's terms. They don't give a shit. They're like, oh yeah, you want to make this about? Well, no, I'm talking about the thing I'm talking about. You're gonna talk about the thing I'm talking about. And that's because you can't you can't do the shit that the people like Nancy Pelosi and fucking Chelsea Clinton do, well, where they they're like, right oh, yeah, hands. yeah, they... yeah, because if you engage with it, they're going to do it no matter what you do. So you don't you just say, no, it's not it's not it's not anti-Semitic to expressly well, it's, describe it's the what whole, this I mean, the whole Republican does. Party has very quickly metabolized the Trump method of just like making wild accusations and the you know the standard Democrats will just try and hit every point to be like well actually and disprove everything <laughs> yeah the Democrats right, are versus, like trying to cover the spread instead of actually arguing yeah versus yeah Ilhan uh, AOC they've figured out how to just be like no I'm going to keep pressing on this point until you answer my question I'm not going to be like you know, I'm not going to go after the weird red herrings you kind of throw at me. <laughs> well, and, and, and those thing, red herrings, we, we saw that. And those red herrings at points have been built into the system where we have this idea, like like we talk about sometimes with the idea of the West Wing vision that Democrats have for uh, politics, and it's like that kind of traditionalism is also like. Uh, the reason why things are written in gibberish and no one understands it's like no well explain it to me explain it to me like i'm a moron 
And like, I can't read. I want you to explain it to me. And they can't because there's nothing underlying it. It's just a bribe or fancy language to cover up whatever horse shit they're lying about. And well, that's what happens with this Abrams interview is that she didn't back down. She's just like, no, yes or no. Do you believe that this, uh, the results <laughs> this of the, massacre, this uh, the massacre were <laughs> and yeah, and then he still was like trying to refuse to answer. And that's the thing too that it, it works because he just sat there and stuttered. He couldn't do anything. He was just like, mur, mur, mur. you don't have a right to do this. And it's like actually she does. Um, she literally does. Like you were, you I, she gets to ask you whatever questions she wants, and you can't do anything about it. Well, and that's what happens when these people works. finally get in, like backed into a corner. You saw it with Kavanaugh. You saw it with Abrams. They just turn into like petulant, angry children when they finally are like, "Oh, I can't have my way. I'm being forced to like call. I'm, I'm being forced to confront what I've done for the first time ever." Yeah, and it's good too. And that's the thing because honestly, Elliot Abrams is going to go straight to hell when he dies. He will not pass go. He will not collect two hundred dollars. Because he's one of the darkest, most evil people. He's evil like Reagan. He's evil like everybody involved in that. And this is the first time in his fucking life he's ever had any form of discomfort. And that's because she just didn't back down. She wasn't like, oh, actually, yeah, I think it's a valid concern that we should talk about to whatever the fuck he said. Which is exactly what anyone else on that committee would have done that, you know, is some centrist Democrat who's going to make money off us, you know, like how Pelosi will make money off us invading Venezuela under Elliot Abrams' watch because her husband works for an arms company. And, and that's why it's so important that we have people like her. And it's why it's so important that people like us just ignore, like on a certain level, just kind of ignore these baseless accusations, these useless claims that these people are going to throw at us no matter what we do because they just want to protect what little fucking, well, actually what huge amounts of power they still have in our society. We just have to tell them, no, fuck off. And you're going to see a lot of this shit coming into 2020. Oh, yeah. Like, if I'm already one... <laughs> seeing the like anti-Bernie stuff starting up, and boy, it's once <laughs> once Bernie finally announces and he says something Kamala about a machine hard with like I think Barbara Lee is already endorsed Kamala. Yeah, Barbara Lee endorsed. Like, people are getting mad at her for people to be like, well, "How dare you question Barbara Lee?" Oh, I mean, I'm also really excited because um, I know how much Adam loves me to say, oh, I saw a meme. Um, <laughs> but something that was like, uh, something that was like. Um, the best format for a podcast. Oh, <laughs> Literally, <laughs> what is bad okay, about Okay, I saw format. a Twitter post. Let me just say, it was a screen cap of a Twitter post. It was like, hey, uh, should we elect more millennials to Congress? And just somebody retweeted and was like, uh, I, due to my notion, like my, like my linear notion of time, I'd, like to, I'd love to see the alternative. <laughs> uh, but, but Just a bunch of boomers having their corpses weakened at Bernie's up in Congress by some congressional aides. <laughs> I don't, what what I'm super excited about is when Bernie finally there will be someone that claims Bernie is anti-Semitic. This will happen in like a mainstream setting, and he will have to respond to it at some point during this election because he has moved pretty far to the left. That's already happened. He they used called to him be. anti-Semitic in 2016. I know, but it, it's going to be like a big <laughs> deal at some point whenever it becomes clear that literally none of the other candidates are worth anything and are not going anywhere, and especially now that like he's almost assuredly running. Like, it's going to happen, and it's going to be so great whenever he comes out there and he's like, um, excuse me? <laughs> All right, wait. Have, have, so before we get on to our next story, I do want to bring this up, because uh, I don't really have any place to bring it up, but have you seen the Q conspiracy that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not alive anymore? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> ah! 
I love it. Oh, I love the internet. It's so great. Also, I'm a believer and I'm reposting quite a bit of it. I might have actually originated that rumor on the internet. Adam, do you, did you quit Facebook except for your uh, Q and an alt? <laughs> Oh, dude, for, I'm not for using. The groups. Dude, if you think if you think we're still on on fucking oh, Facebook, oh wait, are you doing Q on on poll? Oh yeah, no, I'm doing all oh, kinds God. of stuff. I'm on. I I, I you know I, I I operate a low grade poll account, but I'm also uh, you know moderating several forums on like, uh, you know, well the domains change pretty regularly because no one's willing to host <laughs> these things on their credit card for very long, but. <laughs> When someone can get a hold of their mom's credit card for two or three days, we can talk for like um, four or five hours. It's pretty cool. See, see, that's how I know you're lying because everyone who believes in QAnon is like 45 or older. No, the, what, what's going to happen is uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to be out in public life again, but then they're going to insist that it's Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live playing her. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going to insist it's actually um, the Kennedy that uh, didn't die. <laughs> Since but, they believe that one Kennedy didn't die. Uh, JFK Jr., yeah. <laughs> but in all actuality, with like us ele- like generally electing more, I guess just younger people to Congress, I think it, it, it goes – I mean, maybe without saying with all we've talked about, but to just is it how important that it is to um, support candidates that engage like that don't engage in the types of stupid political bullshit like this. Right. I don't know. I thought that just that in and of itself was was something that was very important that, you know, y'all talk. Just yeah, baby up with a little bow. Well, good. bow. I think. Bow. All right. Well, uh, I think I think we'll move on from a. Uh, you know, a foreign policy maniac to a just wealth hoarding rich guy maniac, uh, Jeff Bezos, losing his New York facility. Uh, <laughs> After losing half of this shit to his wife. <laughs> hey, oh. uh, the, be- the best take I saw was this. Uh, they they no canceled punk. the. Oh, we the... want prenup. We want prenup. Yeah. <laughs> Something that you need to hear. So when uh, she leave your ass, she gonna leave with half. Kanye is gonna have a new MAGA hat of make Amazon great again. <laughs> no, the best I saw was they canceled the. Uh, they announced the cancellation of the New York headquarters on Valentine's Day, and someone tweeted, uh, "Wow, Bezos canceling plans on Valentine's Day. No wonder your life, wife left you." <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, it it happened. They they brought down the monster. The giant gears of capitalism were brought to a halt in New York. Um, the mostly activist groups and labor unions uh, demanded that New York change their deal. The almost three billion dollars in uh, tax breaks and incentives that Amazon was going to get, New York revoked, and so Amazon decided they weren't going to stay there if they weren't getting the full. Deal. They just decided, like, don't give them an inch, and they're going to find a new city to exploit. Uh, but for now, major victory for the people of New York. I'm I'm gonna be really excited because I I, I I know I've told you guys this before, and I mentioned it on the show before. But uh, the town where I grew up, prior, um, they are Google's like test city now. They just have like a giant campus that's just like secret, and no one's allowed to talk about whatever shoot, they're doing shoot, there. Gamma gamma radiation at your brain oh yeah and like the like the idea of like work workers planned communities is like just so old and well ingrained in capitalist thought that i'm really excited for when he's just like 
Uh, actually, I've bought an island. Um, it's not an island yet, uh, but I am going to surround a piece of land with water, and no one will be allowed no, on it unless they no, have the no, RFID no, no. chip was, in their, no, 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 their that was thumb. That's what Peter Thiel wanted to do. Yeah. No, 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 he was no. trying to make his own, like, seasteading thing. You all, you all don't understand. So Jeff Bezos is going to continue in the grand American tradition of finding an Indian reservation, opening up a company town on it, and just fucking everybody over, because it's just the 1890s again. You know, why not? Why not keep it up? Bezos like is just going to be the uh, bad guy who makes the underwater city in Bioshock. <laughs> <laughs> just, just tries to build like a libertarian <laughs> underwater city. He's going to be a uh, Hearst from um, Deadwood, actually. <laughs> uh, See, but yeah, well, no, that, that's finally, actually why I got so mad at this. See, I think that the National Enquirer is that his weird sexual fetishes came out. Um, <laughs> See, I think that this, after, you know, this this recent failure for a location, we will actually finally see the massive dome start descending from the sky and enclosing the whole nation where we will all actually now be inside Amazon's new headquarters. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos just has, has had enough, and he's like, one state isn't enough. The subway they offered me exclusively in New York yeah. City yeah, wasn't Yeah, my enough. literal work subway in a subway system that they can't find the funding so that they know where the fucking trains are. They literally do not know where the trains are when they're running them. They have no idea. And they're like, Carl, we'll that doesn't build make any sense. Are you telling line. me they've lost trains? Yes, they have. <laughs> you can't that lose trains. That's why they can't give you real-time updates on when the train is coming is because they can't. Well, it's an outdated signaling system, yeah. Yeah, they can't track the trains and know when it will arrive, which is like a basic thing that you can do because they're on. There's one way they go. They go the one way. They can't change lanes. <laughs> I don't can. know about that. Are you uh, sure? I am familiar with the concepts of uh, of railroad re, uh, underground or above ground <laughs> um, space at times. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, it'll be interesting to see how this affects the Virginia headquarters, um, whether or not they might try to renegotiate the terms of their deal um, or just continue to funnel taxpayer money into Amazon building a new brain harvesting machine for Bezos. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, I'm hoping that this empowers other cities to uh, actually like start to ask for what the cost of Amazon's presence will take out of the city. If they're like, oh, well, New York turned you down, maybe we can get something out of you now that not everyone's just caving to whatever their demands the, are to have the actual precious Amazon there. One of the requirements won't change, and that is just, you know, the entire, like, like, driverless bulldozers knocking down houses with screaming citizens <laughs> in the streets like are you ready to build the compound bunch of drones flying overhead i can't picture bunch of ed 209s from robocop <laughs> <laughs> this new episode of top gear is super weird guys <laughs> <laughs> i just can't i can't imagine uh new amazon headquarters without all of that so also i'm not calling it by the amazon prime name fuck you it's still top gear oh yeah I, I just want to let you know that we're no longer allowed to do the podcast because BBC is suing us. So um, <laughs> we'll be off the air from this point forward, guys. 1776, motherfucker. Try me, BBC. I will, I will fight the queen. We're talking about origins live of Live television. Oh. Well, so I think uh, we're going to move. Uh, uh, Lassie, are you done with that one? Um, that's all I got, unless you all know anything else about 
old Bezos I know, and his, his future plans. I know that Lee Carter, uh, the original socialist posting House Rep. The, the only Virginia politician to not wear blackface. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the only one. It's amazing. It's amazing how many black Virginian politicians did, too. Um, <laughs> but... Um, um, uh, he is trying to start doing that in Virginia too, because it was it was like a real like just people doing organizing, you know. It wasn't anything other than like local grassroots movement people being like, "This is horseshit. Um, we need actual investment in our community instead of tax breaks for rich people that will displace local communities, destroy infrastructure that actually helps the community, and and just do bad things in general for us. Like we don't want that. I'm sorry. And the fact that people power to say investment is not good we need good investment is is amazing and i hope it works out in virginia lee carter go get him i had one interesting thing is that the organization that eventually uh brought down that uh the organization set up in albany the state organization that led to the cancellation of this project was the same organization that they constructed in the late 60s to stop robert moses from uh doing his projects because he had complete unchecked power in the city of New York. <laughs> Wasn't he the guy who was like, what if we just turn all of Manhattan into a highway? Yeah, and bulldoze like thousands of poor residences to do <laughs> Wasn't so. Wasn't it that 18-laner that, that they wanted to build? Or something uh, like that? There's like, I mean, like every highway in New York was his project and like that he <laughs> built um and it wasn't until like they built a specific state organization to stop him because he wasn't elected to any position ever he just worked his way up through like public service positions oh god and so they had to like create this entirely <laughs> new organization in the state government to stop all of these projects <laughs> he had going and so like that a... same organization that exists in albany now is used to stop On the new very... robert moses <laughs> jeff bezos <laughs> On a very tangential note, didn't you like get into a fight about induced demand in highways on Twitter with a blue check mark, Lassie? Yes, was Jeff Jacoby, not- Boston okay. Globe editor and blue check mark, <laughs> um, had some dumbass take about building more highways through the city of Boston um, and not and about how public transit wouldn't work to reduce road congestion. Okay, um, I'm actually I'm gonna find a classic do our dumbass media. take that this <laughs> that this guy wrote after like sitting in traffic one day at the highway and he's like, well, I've got a newspaper column, time to complain about the the highways. <laughs> they should build more lanes. My brain was <laughs> smooth enough to get the job. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna. I'm actually gonna do social media again just so that you can tweet this episode at him. Um, get some get some. Uh, what's the term for that? I should know the term for that. Um, free coverage. Whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> well, I think we can call it free coverage. That'll be fine. It makes as much sense as the rest of the sentences you say. Well, anyway, we'll move on to Oklahoma news for the week. And um, the first story, uh, it comes to us from Oklahoma Watch, which is a uh, really cool uh, online publication. They also do some radio reporting out of KGOU. Uh, and uh, I uh, really enjoy um, their, their reporting. Um, and this story is about a resolution uh, that was passed under the Fallon administration uh, here in Oklahoma that would require some Medicaid, some Medicaid recipients to work at least 20 hours a week in order to qualify for their benefits. And this is having uh, a major impact on, like I said earlier, on marginalized communities because you can imagine who th- these people are. Um, and so... Basically, I want to kind of talk about, first of all, who this affects and how it affects them, and then we can kind of talk about why 
this is such a terrible idea. Such a like not smart thing to do. Um, so they under under the Fallon administration, they requested a an, a, an addendum to the rules of how Medicaid is distributed, so that anyone um, who receives Medicaid um, who isn't a certain kind of person, uh, principally any 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 Medicare recipient who is not under the age of 19, pregnant, a student, medically unable to work, a pa- or a parent or a caretaker uh, of a child under six, um, they would have to work at least 20 hours a week um, to get uh, get their Medicaid benefits. Um, the proposal, this includes felons, and so this proposal had a nine-month grace period. Uh, there's some air quotes around the word grace uh, in, in, in my retelling of this um, uh, for felons after they get out of incarceration. But basically, this whole issue is about the fact that uh, these people who qualify for Medicaid are qualifying for a welfare program that they qualify for. That That is, if they can get those benefits, they qualify for it, and that's the whole rub there. And so they can qualify for this, and yet they are being asked to work additionally on top of that. Now, that's okay. I don't really agree, but the, the, the problem with that is is that, one, for a lot of people, hours are difficult to get, and for a lot of people, jobs are difficult to get. And this Medicaid can fill the gap while they're trying to, you know, just live or to improve their lives so they don't have to use that welfare system as, uh, or rely on it as much. Um, but that, Not to mention this traps people in shitty jobs that they hate because if it, you risk, like, losing your Medicare by trying to get out of your shitty job, then you're not going to do it. I mean, even that, like the opposite, is that you just neglect your health care even further, which, I mean, we've covered a thousand times, is uh, ultimately going to cost more at the end, like at the end of the day. Um, and it's something that endemic, I mean, even to my own parents, where they don't have like at, like super good health insurance, so with the, have a super high deductible, that they don't even bother going to the doctor. It's like, bro, y'all are in your 60s. You need to do some shit. I don't know. Mm. Well, and it also, it's part of that classic thing, too, where it's like, it's not like you choose. It's not like you just get a job, you know. Right. Like jobs, you don't. You don't necessarily have a. Like if you could just get a job automatically, most people would have jobs that don't have jobs. As a general rule, people like um, jobs because it lets you survive. Um, and this this whole work requirement shit is so stupid because it's like, yeah, do you really think that somebody who's poor? who's disproportionately disadvantaged in our society, you know, like, so probably a person of color, um, and, and somebody also, you know, who probably doesn't have as good of an educational background as, do you really think that they're the ones choosing to not have a job? Like, the, the kind of, like, galaxy brain you need to have is absolutely ridiculous to believe that shit, to just believe that they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't want this job, I want like my shitty medicaid instead yeah that's the one thing i can't afford while i'm jobless is is healthcare everything else i'm defined for you know it's it's mm-hmm. like who, who the fuck thinks that's true <sighs> yeah every republican <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah i know i know <laughs> it's it's this you know as we've said before this idea that they attach to 
uh, hard work is what makes a good person. And, you know, we can just see that that is empirically untrue. And, and a wholly lacking context of what work you're doing. Look, I like, worked I, I, hard to be a white person born in the 50s when I could walk in after high school and get a middle management job getting the 1950s equivalent of $12 million a year to do. And, you know, back when there was no competition with people of other races. And or I worked woman. hard to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I worked hard to keep that position. Um, and, you know, you kids just need to Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And quit eating avocados. <laughs> Buying homes. And not going to the store. And not going to Walmart. And also, you should be smarter and also better looking. And also not talk so loudly <laughs> in movies. And also not like the movies you like. And also get that Colin Kaepernick off the television. <laughs> and also Stop saying no problem instead of thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, mine is, of course. I can't help myself. If you say thank you, I go, of course. Yeah. I think it's your welcome instead of no problem, but yes. I have started, like, I mean, You don't say thank you and then also I've say thank saying, you, like, Carl. Thank you, ma'am, to, like, 18-year-olds in service jobs, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. It's weird that I'm calling you ma'am or sir. You're younger than me. I yeah. also say, of course, and no problem. So. It is I would just say no problemo. <laughs> on that note, be um, German. There, there are problemos with this, and like you know, like as we said, you know, this is something that uh, this way, this waiver uh, to change this rule was uh, administrated by or get handed over by the Fallon administration. Uh, the Trump administration is going to be the ones who decide ultimately on this. Um, I wonder how they'll decide. Hmm. Well, the thing is, is it might just not get done, which is like an actual prospect under this government is that just nothing could happen. And so like that is a possibility, but um, we'll just have to follow this and see because if it does go into place, I mean, it's very obviously going to put people who are already in bad situations into worse situations, which is like the opposite of what healthcare is supposed to do. But these motherfuckers don't fucking understand how uh, healthcare sp- or like welfare is supposed to work. Um, and on that note, let's move on to our other Oklahoma story uh, that is really about how people don't understand how government is supposed to work. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I don't even know how I'm going to lead into this one. Um, so uh, a story was published by uh, Hate Trackers, which is uh, a website that has cut tracks and uh, infiltrates hate groups across the country, um, alleging a Tulsa County clerk a court clerk's office employee and her husband have ties to the Ku Klux Klan. Um, and, and also uh, this story, I mean, her name, first of all, <laughs> is Bondel Bonnie Kukla, K-U-K-L-A. <laughs> and her husband, this is too on the nose. And her, it's yes, too this is, on the nose. We're not making this up. It is a meme. Um, <laughs> But, and her husband, Stephen Kukla, um, 67 of Tulsa, are uh, white supremacists and longtime members of the Ku Klux Klan, traveling to Klan chapters throughout the South, preaching, speaking, entertaining through song, as well as performances at Christian identity churches. Um, yeah, this is the one job you get when you uh, uh, graduate from SAE at OU. Oh, God. Yeah, you get to join the county clerk. And then you get to have not No, 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 not the county clerk. It. Not the county clerk. You get to uh, preach, speak, and entertain through song. Oh, oh, oh. God. Well, and now that, now that they're fired, they can get the band back together. <laughs> you go around Wait, to things. Wait, how many, uh, was everyone in the Virginia government in SAE? 
<laughs> Adam, you're still at OU. You should you should actually we could break some real stories about Oklahoma politicians if you just like smoked a bit of Dodie one day and looked through yearbooks. Like you could do that. That is a thing that exists. Guys, at OU. Okay, okay. So I'm I I'm I, I, I am I am so sorry to interrupt this story. Do you guys know at OU what uh, the DDMC is? Run DMC? No, no. DDMC. <laughs> uh, if you go back and look at some of the really... I know that Yeah, she's not allowed in the laboratory, but that's it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was really bad. <laughs> Dexter's lab jokes. No, they're okay. So the DDMC, DDMC stands for the Deep Dark Mystery Club. Uh, if you go back in some of the old OU yearbooks, you can find pictures, and it's these of these people in all black robes with black, essentially clan. It's essentially clan robes, but all black, and they were the deep dark mystery club, and it was a secret society that existed on OU's campus. Like uh, uh, Parker, you probably know who these are. Uh, Carl, you may not. Do you guys know who the uh, LKOT are? Oh yeah, I know the, the loyal knights of old trusty. Yeah. Old Trusty yeah. is a canon that yep. the engineering students uh, take care of, mm-hmm. and the Loyal Knights of Old Trusty, they wear um, essentially the same kind of fucking getup, like a mask and a hood, and they have numbers on their chest, and it's you get your LKOT number, because mm-hmm. it's just st- weird, stupid secret. There, so there, there's your secret society bullshit. Also, I'm 80% sure that David Bourne was running a lizard cult here, but that's my own website that I'm, I'm that is not affiliated <laughs> with this podcast. Two four six zero one. That that is a very different news story. We do not go in, need to go into right now. Debo and OU and what was happening. <laughs> yeah, well, well. Anywho, Debo aside, the there uh, this story included videos of the Kuklas singing um, at places like. <laughs> The National Faith and Freedom Conference, um, which I love the name, but it's really a gathering organized by the Knights Party, also known as the Knights of the KKK, and um, links to the KKK website uh, that state Stephen Kukla sang the old rugged cross during a cross burning. So um, it's a banger. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I mean, I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves recently and listening to like 1700 sea shanties, but I don't know where the old. <laughs> Ross no, would no. That. see yeah that song was definitely written after 65 but um. I, I i but here's the thing i like that because i know that carl and i have played a lot of fallout and also there's some songs on fallout 4 that i'm just like oh, i shouldn't hum along oh, yeah. to this oh. i should just let this one play yeah. and be quiet city radio man yeah i'm all about that but um so but county commissioner karen keith said that court lawyers indicated that it would not be possible to fire kukla based upon her alleged kkk membership that their hands are tied and that there's not much tulsa county can do they it's it's that contract somewhere. is 100 at will um they could f- just fire her they could just do it somewhere ted, like somewhere ted cruz is screaming about freedom of speech <laughs> like you can you can just fire people for whatever any, reason any you reason. want and yeah. as long as you don't make it explicit that that is why you fire them you are legally in the clear um, uh, it's not just Ted Cruz, but Tulsa County Court Clerk Donald Newberry wrote in an email that at the same time, while he doesn't condone or believe the discrimination based on race, religion, or sex as any police within the workplace, that um, he and all the work for the office have taken an oath to uphold the Constitution, part of which is the protection of free speech. So, fuck you, Donald Newberry. 
Hey, you know, you you just leave your racism at the door of the courthouse and switch yeah, off the racism behind. button in your brain, and <laughs> then you're good. These people yeah, you, can still be... You take off... You know, you wear your bathrobes at home, you don't wear them to work. Yeah, you keep your pocket constitution in your back pocket, and you refer to that... Uh, not only do you leave your racism at the door, but you refer to that First Amendment every time you walk in to put it in the back of your mind that some of your, you know, uh, uh, your underlings might be, like, atrocious racists. So... <laughs> No, um, I, I somebody, think you keep your pocket constitution right next to your constitutional carry, baby. That's um, where so you keep that <laughs> fucking, hey, yeah, keep that fucking walk, baby. You know what I'm saying? Talking about that, the House passed a uh, Oklahoma House passed that bill where we can just we don't even have to have a constant. Yeah, that constitutional carry. Exactly. We don't yeah. even have to have permit anymore. Like I was talking about whipping out my nine in traffic, man. I'm ready <laughs> yeah. to just you know you you see that window roll down and that come out the window. People fuck the <laughs> fuck off real quick. Get that gra, man. You don't, you don't Anywho, uh, yeah. but along with um, along with the Tulsa County cl uh, Court Clerk, um, uh, Bishop uh, uh, at the equality, the, one of the um, the Oklahoma Equality Center, Center. Oklahoma Equality yeah. Center, um, uh, which uh, an advocacy organization that focuses on LGBTQ issues, um, were kind of thrust to the forefront about <clears throat> um, where uh, one of their board members, uh, Sharon Bishop Baldwin, um, defended the position of a county employee's kind of clan affiliations, basically saying um, people should be fired based upon merit and not based upon beliefs. And, and she also, I mean, she also said she was like, you know, as a lesbian, it's like a threat for me if we start firing people for stuff they do outside of the job, not realizing that, like, you choose your politics. Like, yeah. That's not the same. Those are not, like... Your political positions are not a legally protected category. Um, you're, 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 well, and it's also those are political <laughs> positions that affect how you do your job. That's like not even a political also, position. That's like your views on other races and people. And all, especially in the Tulsa County, what, the sheriff is part of the county. And last I checked, uh, the sheriff, the sheriff's office was literally like running spotting planes during the race riot. Um, let a dude on board who shot somebody accidentally because the guy just donated a bunch of cars to the sheriff's office. You know, like, it, it, out of the two very racist police organizations in Tulsa County is the more racister one. Like, it's not, it, it's not okay. It's genuine, like, if she's involved in anything that has to do with the normal function of the government, you know, that is genuinely something that is threatening to, like, people of color in Tulsa probably and that is kind of okay keep talking about the fallout though Parker because that kind of blends directly into what happened um right right and I mean so she issued an apology um later on um that talked about like unintentional like she was like ah, I, I unintentionally hurt people I care about um etc cetera, etc cetera. but she kind of like backtracked a whole hell of a lot saying one lesson I have learned from this experience is that you can be right and absolutely wrong at the same time which is like <laughs> no you're just wrong yeah you're just wrong I don't really understand how I mean and it's kind of just like after that she like people took took her apology as really superficial condescending um, because of not only that statement, but she started like purging people of color and critics of her stances from her face Facebook friends list, and it's like, okay, will you? Oh, you <laughs> I literally know, and like I, I think we all know some of the people that got purged. I don't know if you if, if, if y'all saw that today, because again, I just melt my brain by looking at social media too much. But um, 
I know one of the people that got purged. Like, they're an active member of the left-wing community in Oklahoma, and she's not on the Facebook anymore because she was too aggressive and in people's face about saying, it's not okay or safe for me as a person of color to have somebody in the city government who's literally in the Klan. And right. that was a person who got purged from this person's uh, friends list. Um, you know, it's like it, it very materially affects people's lives. It, like, it was entirely horseshit that she did that. And the only reason she stepped down is because of the, the whole deal with Shea White, if you want to tell us some more about that, Parker. Right. So Shea White, um, who was a Tulsa woman who ran as a Democrat last year uh, for House she, District 77. Um, she was on our candidate forum. Uh, she right. was a really great candidate, I think. As, oh, a, as a citizen. Um, absolutely. Um, she lost the Democratic primary by less than 250 votes to John Waldron, who won the general election in November. Um, but she was protesting at the Equality Center um, over this particular post that uh, Sheriff Bishop Baldwin made um, and basically was recording herself on Facebook over the course of several videos, but um, ended up into like she began to take clothes from like around 11 o'clock she began to take clothes from her car and throw them around the front door of the building like entered the building throwing on the ground pamphlets donation forms etc was arrested for, mal for malicious mischief and trespassing i didn't even know those were charges um but and she she's also someone who like works with the equality center and at the equality like the equality center like, exists to serve people like shay white that's the reason it's the whole like purpose the, reason the equality is center is there is to help lgbtqia people that's the whole point. Right. And at the at the end of the day, too, it's like like the Equality Center puts out just a statement that says one of our constituents arrived at the center as a result of this disagreement. And unfortunately, a conversation regarding the initial social media post was unable to occur because we arrested her. Um, we know this has left our constituents concerned and confused. Oklahoma Star Equality is committed to an internal and organized wide examination of leadership and programs to address any bias. And it's just like, well, this clearly shows how you're like just like just not focused on the issues of people of color at all right like you intersectionality doesn't exist at the equality center in any way shape or even, form if this is going to be the before, kind of politics you support like even before all of this came out i was having a discussion with another person who's like a meaningful constituent of the equality center and how the, this person felt like how they're doing the theme for pride this year is not inclusive is not intersectional and is exclusively focused on cis white gay men is, so it's like it's it's like it's like an issue that that people have brought up in the past too about the Equality Center and and this just really brings it to the the front, you know that that somebody on the board of the Equality Center thought it was okay to do that. The is not enchantment under the robe, <laughs> which is a cool theme. It's it's more like the imagery of like the the Tulsa driller about to fist you, which is kind of cool, but like hot is definitely directed at a at a certain subset of the community, if you will. Um, Right, so definitely improvements to be made across the board from not only, like, firing the fuck out of the clan members, but also, you know, I, I don't know, a re-examination of politics or maybe updating. Your, I, I, don't, I don't really understand how, how you can take the stance that you do. I, I, it's not something that I can really empathize with, so. And it's on, also on, one of those things. On the side of Bishop Baldwin, that is. It's, and on the side of Bishop Baldwin, and in general, everybody is like, ooh, but it's a constitutional question. It's like, well, maybe that's a bad thing about the Constitution, you know, oh, like man. if this if this were a similar group that was on the left or, you know, if it if it came out that secretly there was like a DSA member employed by Tulsa County, like these fucking there are vultures that would start circling the dead meat immediately and try to and get that person fired. They would straight up get that person fired. 
And that is like a genuine concern when you do left-wing organizing because you will get fucking fired. And the fact that they trot the shit out, I mean, Adam, you know this better than anybody else. Like all the speech protections that we enjoy in America exist because the government was like, well, we can't, can't stop those, you know, Klan members from marching through town. So now everybody gets like to Barry, where before they like executed Sacco and Vanzetti for doing the exact yeah. same shit. Like very importantly um, in the early 1900s, the First Amendment was uh, like understood to mean that if you spoke against the U.S., like that was still not allowed. And a bunch of socialists went to jail during the First World War for literally circulating pamphlets that said, um, you guys realize that conscription is against the the, the, uh, the 13th Amendment because it's literally involuntary servitude and you're not prisoners? And that's like... You can't do that. There's a constitutional <laughs> and, question. And he got fucking thrown in who, jail and the Supreme Court ratified it and said, yep, you're allowed to fucking do that. But hey, in the 60s, when Klansmen were fucking doing all their shit, that's where we got all the protections. That is literally where we got all the protections. And a little bit because Pro is stupid and they didn't know how to do anything and they tried to get people for making literally making <clears throat> jokes. Well, and I think it's actually kind of instructive to talk about that World War One history in this specific moment, because what group of people were enforcing those laws about saying, you know, opposing the war against socialist activists in the state of Oklahoma? Hmm. I wonder which group it was. And I wonder if they shared a costume with uh, Miss Bonnie and Clyde Kukla, whatever the fuck these people's names are, because they did. Actually, they did. It was the same people. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Well, it's true. It was. It was like that was the Tulsa outrage. That was a big, you know, this day in press article about the race massacre was specifically saying, look, um, W.B. Brady was involved in organizing, like beating up uh, draft resistors and people opposed to World War One under the aegis of uh, white supremacy groups. And yeah. so it's like, yeah, it's it's literally a part of Tulsa County's history that people like that do not believe in First Amendment protections either on top of that. That's where, that that's the thing, too. Okay, I'm sorry. This shit just makes me very, I'm sure when we go on to the conservative reading list, I won't be angry at all anymore. Oh, it will well, totally change. let's go right into that. <laughs> uh, would you like to read it or would you like me to read it, sir? <sighs> I don't know, I don't know. You read it, I'm like sitting at an open window. I don't want to yell into the street. You're going to yell into the street anyway. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I know. Oklahoma editorial board. You know, last week they took aim at Carl and they said, you know what, motherfucker? No more smoking. smoking okay, number damn. one, I read, I just took a, just a brief redux on that. I read a great study by Philip Morris that said cigarettes <laughs> put four inches on your dick. I found it on an ad on a wonderful <laughs> website, Pornhub.com. Um, it's on the sidebar. It's true. It's scientific. Just to, just to cap up last week's story. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they took aim at Carl last week, and uh, this week they are going to go ahead and take aim at the entire show. Uh, and so this is an Oklahoma editorial board article published last Wednesday called A Reimagining of Capitalism. And so I'm just going to jump right in uh, because it's exactly what it sounds like it is. And uh, I'll just 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 see how far we get before the screening can, starts. Can we talk about the thumbnail first? Uh, the future. It's a book um, called "The Future of Capitalism" that says "Facing the New Anxieties." What, what new the, anxieties? What the I'm fuck? Ex 
I'm they're, excited they're, to learn what these anxieties are. They're going to talk about this. They're going to. They're going to talk. This this book is their source for this article. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, this the this book is their source. All right. Well, I haven't read this. I never read this. This is amazing. Is this a real I, book? Because the thumbnail yes. looks like they just typed it in clip art. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a real book. <laughs> Capitalist innovation, baby. <laughs> oh, given yeah. the things modern Americans do. Texting, emailing, recreating, and yes, working for a living. I fucking love recreating. Many of us miss the news that young adults are cooling to capitalism and warming to socialism. Okay, that's a subtle fucking jab about what? Um, our uh, fucking warming planet that we're all going to die on. <laughs> but uh, uh, we'll just, I guess we'll just keep moving quickly. Because, you know, they're going to get hot quick. Um, irony, <laughs> irony enters the picture quickly, though. When mulling the activities listed above, we communicate using hardware and software developed by risk takers. We ski, bowl. Not true. We ski, bowl, oh, go to movies. Oh, wait, are they, are, are they opening up with, uh, oh, well, you participate in capitalism. This, so. is, this whole article is just, we live in a society. Oh my god. <laughs> we ski, bowl, go to the movies, and eat out wearing gear and using tools and equipment brought forth by entrepreneurs. You know, I'm a risk taker. I mail the Oklahoma editorial board shit. And I don't ask about the legal con consequences. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a poop entrepreneur. I'm also a, a risk taker in that I work for no pay and have taken out massive debt <laughs> in my own name that I have no earning ability to, to, to make back yet. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's keep going on this fucking night. Can we wait? Can we, can we, can we just talk like we ski bowl, go to movies and eat out? Wearing gear. List of activities. <laughs> okay. I got to get my fucking sweatband on before I go to McDonald's, okay? Like, if I'm going to go to a Chili's what? for three Mark Wednesday, which is my tradition. It's not a thing that Applebee's does. I go to Applebee's <laughs> yeah. and have three margaritas and a chili lime steak. And when I do that, if well, I am not lying, all we do toe, is burn Applebee's down. Okay. That's no, that's no the, the only thing I, the only thing I will kill it. The only thing I will admit to arsoning is a hot topic. Because you can burn down a hot topic. It's allowed. Applebee's exists exclusively to be burned down in the name of communism. We get to work. The of Oklahoma does not endorse burning down Applebee's. Thank you, Lassie. We get to work Parker in vehicles. We get to work in vehicles ideated, which isn't. I'm not sure that's a not word. a word. Not a word. I refuse to accept that's a word. Designed. Uh, is he ideated? Ideated. Is this, <laughs> That's wait, is this like thought of? Ideated? Is ideated. That, <laughs> isn't ideated when you're like, uh, oh, it is a word. It means form an idea, imagine or conceive. I just thought you only used it in like medical situations when you're like, oh, stop doing bad ideations or something. We get to work in vehicles ideated, designed, and produced by a system in which stockholders, stockholders, Carl, put up money in hopes but certainly with no guarantee of a profitable return and we make abundant use of the products and services of the mega capitalist facebook amazon netflix and google why yeah, aren't you part no, of the we, mega we capitalists because we we can't use the public versions of all of those services just suck you know 
I would love to. Actually, the public version of Netflix is very good. Like, you can get a free Netflix account basically from your public library. They have a login, you use it, and then you get to watch TV shows and shit. That's a thing. Stop using Netflix. Why? I mean, Adam and I mm. talked about piracy already, so we're not going to jump into that legal bubble earlier this week. But yeah, I, 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 allegedly, I had a conversation about piracy allegedly. earlier this week. No, it was an educational conversation. It was, uh, yeah. Also, stockholders only put up money when they're going to make money. Like, what stockholder is taking a risk these days? Uh, well, Who plenty, does that plenty, anymore? Plenty, plenty do. Corporation. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The people's money who make risky investments is mitigated through hedge funds. So their money isn't actually at risk. And even if it is, it's insured as a loss and they get to write it off as a tax refund. So they never lose money, Carl. The, I didn't I didn't know if you knew this, but once you get past the first two or three million dollars, you can insure your money and then you just fuck off and you just make bad decisions. Why do you think Donald Trump? Oh, I, I shouldn't say any of that. He might actually sue our show. Like, yeah, he would do that. He, he might actually sue our uh, podcast. Yeah. OK, I'm going to keep writing. A survey released last year shows that the share of young adults with a favorable view of capitalism is just 30% compared with 39% three years ago. A Harvard University poll found that 51% of Americans between the ages of 18 and 21 don't, 29 don't support capitalism. But waning support for capitalism isn't found exclusively among the young. This has been noted recently by, among I wonder, others... I, just pause. Can we, can we ask why? Why might that be a thing? Hmm. Well, they never they never hmm. ask this hmm. in the articles, but they like they never bring up what's capitalism doing for these people that they might reject it. They're always just like act like we're abandoning the, our parents or some shit. They're just like young people <laughs> don't love the thing that gave them everything that they have, and which is nothing. They're, they're just deeply afraid that we're going to put capitalism in a nursing. Um, yeah, but they, I mean, they are. <laughs> and they're just like, look, they're abandoning it and leaving it, even though it brought them everything they have today. This uh, is been. I, I, I do like to think of capitalism as my old racist grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> is that even inaccurate? Like, <laughs> I don't think it is. This has been noted recently by, among others, Gerard Baker in his editor at large column in the Wall Street Journal. And Edward Glazier, a Harvard economics professor, simply put, they don't quote, any, never mind. American society. No, they just have to believe that he read these books. <laughs> simply put, American society is uneasy about the system that developed and sold them their cell phones, snow skis, sports cars, and thousands of other products. <laughs> All right, the people complaining about themselves. capitalism do not have snow skis and sports no, cars. Not a single person who's like, man, capitalism is horseshit has snow ski. Well, okay, maybe if you like live in ski country and you just have them because literally everyone has them, which is a thing, you know, but that would be the only people. And that's a very small subset of people, like some weird mountain people in the interior of Colorado that haven't like seen a road in five years. Rolf Hanning. Rolf is, is the one, like, yeah. dirty mountain men are the only people who own snow skis and are maybe questioning but, I mean, capitalism. How many but they're too busy, like, they setting the same, traps. They keep making the same argument and have been, like, how many different ways can they reframe that, oh, you can uh, tweet about socialism from your cell phone that was made by a capitalist? It looks like capitalism is but good. God damn it, the internet was Chinese fucking made by the government. 
The internet literally made the entirety entirely by the government. Literally no private money involved in it. Like, <clears throat> yeah, but the websites you use are private, Carl. Check. No, most of them were designed at universities <laughs> by undergrads who were forced to do it for no pay. <laughs> oh, I think Parker can has a, has a speech he gives about this. Oh, oh man. I do. I, I had actually I got I was getting drunk last night, which is why we're having an afternoon recording. Uh, one of the reasons. Um, and I was talking to this. Uh, it, it was it was a, a sherry of sorts, um, Adam. Um, in which and, and hold on, was... let me let, let, let us let us quickly no. define a sherry A sherry uh-huh. is a flim flammer, a, a, a snake oil salesman, <laughs> a general late snake person or um, someone who smells like expensive cologne that you know that they didn't buy. They probably put it on at a store and then jogged out. This is the kind of person no, we're talking I... about. <laughs> he'll sell he'll, you a car he's driving with these crack. <laughs> they come to you with these crackpot um like just entrepreneurial ideas, right? We're gonna, Ones that we're gonna make a microwave into so, a big like, machine like not chain. Only do they not have any technological background, but just like so off the wall. Where I was trying to have a conversation with this dude about like artificial intelligence when he's trying to describe it to me as like iRobot slash Terminator, <laughs> and I'm like, that's just not at all how any of this works. But I'm he was trying. Sure to- that's all factual. He's trying to get me to find him free labor, and I was like, well, I'll point you to the place where everybody else exploits people, which is, a.k.a. college, the college universities, where, one, you're partitioned out, you know, by uh, the uh, your capstone project to other companies to do free work for them, but also to gain exposure and slash or experience. Um, they want to uh, – that, that was his justification to me was that uh, I have like a $1,000 grant uh, to have people do this work, and I'm like, sir – do you understand at all how much I get paid to do the things that I do? <laughs> slash how how any any ex, like relatively expecting even intern, I, I it, it just blows my mind that some of these venture capitalists think the same thing that they think with artists, right? Which is like, oh, but you'll get exposure if you do this for free. It's like, fuck you. They no pay your fucking workers, goddammit. it. Yeah. By the way, pay as, your as, artists. As the producer of the show, you poor, need to start paying yeah. us. <laughs> we we don't deserve to be paid. <laughs> we do deserve to be Adam's paid. payment is Adam Adam's payment is giving you legal advice to prevent you from being arrested during the show. No, Adam's payment is that he gets to like very happily delete ninety percent of what I say and be like, "Fuck you, Carl. <laughs> Fuck you. I hate you." That's Adam's real payment. Yeah, that's it, true. It, it, it's really amazing how little of this show Carl makes it into by the time I'm done editing. Um, Baker wrote that angst about capitalism is upending politics in the pursuit of alternative political objectives and ideologies. Glazier, in his James Q. Wilson lecture series address last fall, implored his audience to unite against being trapped in this socialist era that caused so much harm over the course of the 20th century. It's too easy and much too glib to dismiss the anxiety of adults not far removed from high school. Something's happening here. It's time we stopped and mulled not a drift towards socialism, nor a blind defense of capitalism, but a determined rejection of the former and a reimagining of the latter. 
A blueprint is available in the new book by Paul Collier titled The Future of Capitalism, Facing the New Anxieties. How much did Collier have to pay for this fucking ad? <laughs> Collier recognizes that capitalism is <laughs> failing many in society and certainly failing to excite many of those for whom it's actually succeeding. One need only compare Oklahoma's metro with its rural enclaves to note a great divide. Hold hold on hold on. I'm <laughs> let, me, let me check something really quickly before we move on because yes, um, one the girlfriend of the dude who was telling me these crackpot ideas last night of the Sherryars name is Lee Collier, L E I G H C O L L I E R, and she added me on Instagram. This is an amazing <laughs> an amazing coincidence, and I am so proud of you for finding this article. Uh, also, this divide that he's talking about the rural enclaves and the Oklahoma metro areas. Fixing those problems happens through redistributive policies. Yes. No, <laughs> no, it. no. It comes from appreciating Netflix, Facebook, Amazon, and Google more. That is what happens. If you appreciate them more, then you will be happier. The la the, uh, the, I, there's a lot. The the the. It's too easy and much too glib to dismiss dismiss the anxiety of adults not far removed from high school when like depression and anxiety are like massive problems and like mental health is like a massive thing that millennials have been having to fight for is like pretty disgusting. And then the something's happening here. Like oh really really oh wow <laughs> human beings living lives wanting political policies that reflect them. Oh something's happening. Oh we don't know what it is. Like you couldn't be more of a grandpa. I don't. If you called it the Facebook through the whole thing, you couldn't have been more of a grandpa. And, uh, uh, like, it, it, anyway, let's finish. Well, it's also, I mean, one that, it's, it's the classic Mark Fisher thing of, like, look at how many people have to take antidepressants and so on. Like, obviously, you know, some of that is medical, and some of that is we're just finding out more and more stuff about this stuff that, like, previously you'd just be like, oh, yeah, I have a glass of whiskey with breakfast, and you'll not have PTSD anymore. But some of it is also just, like, we live in a society where so many people need to be on drugs to deal with their mental health problems, and that says something about your society when it's broad swaths of it, you know? When so many people need to do that it, it, it's worth asking the question is this just everyone has a problem or is there maybe something else that's also going on well <clears throat> i think you're gonna see that they're willing to slide in in words but not in actions so let's let's finish out the article here Socialism isn't the antidote to the failures of modern capitalism, perceived or otherwise. Which, like, fuck you. They're, like, obviously <laughs> yeah, wealth in inequality and, like, <laughs> fuck, are you insane? Um, are, do, are we living in a utopia that, I'm that like, everyone's just, like, too, like, they literally just, like, I want to be sad. I want to be uh, sad yeah, and there's... poor. Fuck you. I want to be sad and poor. I don't, wanna, I don't want anything to do with society. What the fuck? Well, it's because for this person, there is no problems. They're just like, yeah, my life's great. Yeah. That means everyone else is. Yeah. The do well, uh, that doesn't matter. The dose is prescribed <laughs> completely by... completely solipsistic. <laughs> 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 like, this is my universe. Everything's perfect. So I mean, why would anyone challenge that? <laughs> it's that, like, classic right-wing thing of, like, you have one anecdote that supports your side, and you're like, well, now it's true for every literally everyone. It's entirely true for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> The doses prescribed by Bernie Sanders et al. 
let's not even talk about how awful the writers they are would place a, dosed up by bernie sanders hell yeah would Getting would dose with socialism would, <laughs> that would, was actually in the vaccine uh he personally gave it. <laughs> the doses prescribed by bernie sanders would place immense tax burdens on the millennials down the road not like the fact that i can't retire or that we're all gonna fucking die because of climate change or any of that fucking horse shit or like student loans <laughs> yeah what about all the other shit facing us down the road <laughs> oh your taxes will be high man you don't you don't want to think hey your taxes could be high my fucking health care those gains down the road are um well i might become a 10 millionaire in the future and then i wouldn't want to have to deal with that 70 marginal again. tax rate <laughs> 30 cents of my 10 millionth and first dollar yeah oh, no <laughs> Man, it's gonna break the bank for me. <laughs> it really make uh, cracking a hundred million hard. <laughs> Still, society oh. is at a crossroads. Conservatives should lead the way in refashioning capitalism in a way that assuages the new anxieties. This requires compromise, including some transfers of wealth. Cherished beliefs. How about all of it. <laughs> Cherished beliefs about the free markets must bend. See, this is where they're they're giving them words. They're giving in words. They're giving in words. They're giving in words because they've got about nine other words here at the very end, which are telling you what they're going to do. Okay. They've been saying things, but now yeah. they're going to explain yeah. to you what they're going to do. All right. The best defense against socialism is a good offense. <laughs> Meaning, Venezuela, put them in a line, shoot them in the fucking make them you make them hey. dig the ditch, and then you shoot them when they're in the ditch. It's real it's fucking Venezuela simple. time. Oh. It's like Modelo time, but with socialism. <laughs> Oklahoma editorial board, the only Francoist editorial board in the U.S. <laughs> like actually, though, I was gonna say I don't know why Tucker Carlson was writing for the Oklahoma editorial board. <laughs> yeah, really though. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, look at that. They're like, no, we got to change some stuff. They say one thing, some transfers of wealth. Which ones? Like, which ones? Name one transfer of wealth you're okay with. Name literally one. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, the, name... the transfer of poor people's money to them. Well, the yeah, transfer of all government money back into their pockets. Like, what cherished be beliefs about free markets do we need to bend? Like, we already have this incestuous Congress that's, you know, it, at times is literally married to people in the, like, military-industrial complex, the prison-industrial complex, the private school-industrial, et cetera, et cetera. You know, where, like, you your wife gets voted in and becomes Speaker of the House, and then no one gets to criticize Israel because they're one of your biggest clients. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Uh, Adam, you picked a doozy. I tried to. Again, everybody, the real risk takers uh, mail shit to the Oklahomans. No, they don't. Just throw that out there. No, Just they don't. Throw that out there. If you do that, you're taking a risk that I'm not liable for. I want to make that clear. That's why you're a risk taker. Um, but it's on you. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just describing what you are in a neutral way. Right. And I, I, it, once again, I also want to reiterate that you can't spell American Dream without Eric Andre right in the middle. <laughs> So, on Eric that Andre note, is 
the real American. <laughs> Oklahoma editorial board, how could you say something so controversial yet so brave? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, you can follow us at Twitter at Red Star Over OK. Our subreddits are Red Star Over Oklahoma. You can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes. Question, comments, complaints, concerns can all be fielded over at redstaroverok at gmail.com. And as always, tell your friends and please do rate and review on iTunes. We'll see you until next week, guys. Bye. Yeah.